This episode of the Better Every Shift podcast is sponsored by L3 Harris Technologies. When the heat is on, you go all in, and L3 Harris will be right there with you. The XL Extreme 400P radio is tailor-made to meet the most rigorous fire standards. Learn more at www.l3harris.com forward slash fire. Now let's get into the show. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Better Every Shift podcast. My name is Aaron Zamzow. With me, as always, is the co-captain, the editor-in-chief, Janelle Fosquets. How are you doing, Janelle? I'm good. How are you doing? I am uh, I'm, I'm good. I'm super excited, as you can tell in my voice. Uh, I hope you're hungry today for not only food, but inspiration, because our, our guest today is the one and only Jonathan Tate from Food on the Stove. Jonathan, how are you doing, buddy? Thanks for joining us. Um- Thank you for having me, Aaron Janelle. How you all doing today? We're great, man. We're good. It's uh, it's always a, a great um, chance or episode whenever you can talk to somebody uh, like yourself. Now you're you're the you're a firefighter in in Washington D.C. for for D.C. Fire and EMS, and you're also the founder and executive director of of Food on the Stove. And if uh, if you don't know, if you're listening, you're like, what is Food on the Stove? This is a great organization that Jonathan has been working out for six years, five years, six years that you've developed. It's coming on, coming up on six, coming, coming up, up on, on six in July uh, on six years. Why not? Can give us a, a, an overview of what is food on the stove? Wow. Well, first off, again, thank you all for having me. I'm always grateful for uh, someone sharing their platform with me and to share about food on the stove and what we're doing to help create a uh, healthier fire service. And what Food on the Stove is, is a 501c3 nonprofit organization that provides tools and resources to help firefighters live a healthier lifestyle through enhanced nutrition and exercise. And if you don't know why that's important, it's because 44% of all firefighters who die in the line of duty, they die from a heart attack. And there's studies that show that the life expectancy of firefighters are 10 years less than every other employee in America. Not only with that, we're the only occupation that cooks all three meals while at work. So as you all may know, while there's a lot of good meals prepared in the firehouse, they're not necessarily good for us. So what we seek to do is help firefighters be more proactive about their health by one, educating them, and then two, simply putting healthier meals on firehouse tables. Um, I started that about five years ago. I was compelled to um, serve those who serve us, that I like to say. Um, so I set out to help create a healthier fire service. Yeah. And now, the story behind this um, is also kind of uh, inspiring, I think a little bit. So what was your, what was your motivation to do this? What was the story behind food on the stove? So when I first started food on the stove, um, five years ago, um, I'm a second generation firefighter. My father worked for DC fire and EMS from 1956 to 1989. He retired at the rank of deputy fire chief, but unfortunately, uh, nine years after he retired, he passed away after having multiple heart attacks and losing a bout with cancer. So when I became a firefighter nine years ago and I saw, or 10 years ago at this point, and I saw how they were eating in the firehouse, I said, I wanted to do something to change that. And I said, this is probably why my father was so sick. So I went to my wife and I told her, I said, you know, God has given me this vision to serve firefighters and help create a healthier fire service. And she said, what are you going to do? And I said, I don't really exactly know, but I know I'm supposed to bring healthier meals into the firehouse. So what I did is I went to um, a farmer's market, a local farmer's market, and I bought six grass-fed steaks, six stalks of broccolini, and six sweet potatoes. 
and I I will work overtime to you know use my money because I didn't want to take all of our money out of the household, but I knew this was something I had to do. So I asked my wife, I said, you mind if I take my overtime money and purchase this food for firefighters? And she said, sure. So I bought that from the farmer's market and I delivered it to uh, a firehouse not too far from where I grew up from in Northeast DC. And if you know the fire service, it's kind of weird to deliver food to a firehouse that you don't belong to. Yeah. So they didn't know whether I was trying to poison them <laughs> or if I was really trying to help them yeah. eat healthier. Right. So when I dropped the meals off, they were like, um, they were unprepared meals or ingredients. And they said, well, why are you bringing us food? And I said, well, I want, I want you all to eat healthier. And the six meals that I, or six seeds, I like to say that I planted that day have now blossomed into over 50,000 meals for the fire service. We've been sponsored by Giant, United Healthcare, Variety Hotels, and um, Amazon Web Services for the development of our app. So we developed the app. And the interesting thing about food on the stove is that it's a double entendre. It's the number one way that structure fires start due to food being left on the stove unattended. So when I would ride on the back uh, of truck six, on the side of truck six, and I would hear we would be responding to box alarms, and I would hear the officer say, we would arrive on the, on the scene and the officer say, oh, it's just food on the stove. And he would say it kind of nonchalantly. And it kind of clicked to me. I said, you know what, I'm going to take that phrase and help firefighters pay more attention to the food that's on their stove that I believe is ultimately killing us. And um, ever since then, it's just been chipping away at it piece by piece. Um, and it's it's been it's been a journey. And I think it's something that for years to come uh, is going to make an impact in the fire service. And Back to why I started, um, I was 15 years old when my father passed. And I often tell people all the time that food on the stove was started by, the, by a 15-year-old boy that missed his father. It wasn't until I became um, a firefighter or I joined DC Fire and EMS and I was at the academy. The time I actually said that I missed my dad. Um, for seven years while he was sick, um, I kind of prepared myself for his death. I saw the strongest man that I knew become the weakest man that I knew. And he was struggling with heart disease. He was struggling with cancer. And I just kind of prepared myself. Uh, every day was a day was, is it going to be today that he dies? Um, and so when he did pass away, it was almost like it already, it was expected. And it wasn't until I became 15 years later, I'm at the academy and I was struggling one day with some of the tests that we were having. And that was the first day I went home and I cried and I said, I miss my father because the only person that I knew that could really help me through this process was gone now. And that's why I say food on the stove was started by a 15 year old boy. At that moment, um, the 15 year old boy who missed his dad came out that day and it's led me on a journey to not just fight for firefighters, but fight for their families as well. That's a great story. And, and there's a lot there. Um, Obviously, what we eat, not only is, you know, you mentioned heart attacks, but now cancer is really, really big. And nutrition comes back to all of those different health issues that we face. we got cardiac, we got cancer. Um, we also have diabetes, we have obesity. Um, and, and now you look at even mental health and right, what we put into our bodies fuels our, our, our hearts and our brains, our minds. And, you know, the generation before you talk about your dad, you know, they, they were traditional firehouse meals. They served on these huge platters and, you know, mm -hmm. and, and eventually went to like getting away from actual foods in some cases. Right. And we eat very, very fast. And um, so, you know, talking about missing your dad, I think a lot of people, you know, in the fire service don't necessarily understand 
how what they are doing today will affect their family four, five, six, seven, and their crews four, five, six, seven, eight years down the road, right? So as you're building this, is that one of the angles you took to try to to be more compelling, or or what do you think really resonated with people as you're trying to build this this food on the stove kind of of uh, idea? I think uh, people people um, are more willing to listen to you when they know that you actually care. Right. So we built food on a stove on giving far be it for me. If I walk into a firehouse to give a message and not a meal. Right. Oftentimes yeah. people come in and they have all the answers, but they don't know on a day to day basis what firefighters go through. Right. We eat, food is our, the highlight of our day, really. Um, you know, what I mean, you look forward to, to drilling and you train and you look forward to being around your crew. But ultimately, food is the one thing that we have to look forward to. Right. Because you think about it, no one calls 911 on the best day. Yeah. Um, it's often some people's worst day of their life. And so with that, firefighters uh, and EMS personnel see people on their worst day. They're seeing a lot, whether it's um, CPRs, murders, car accidents, um, just trauma, uh, whether it be kids, adults or senior citizens. Right. And you get back to the firehouse and the one thing that you you think about is, wow, I'm hungry. I've been running all day and uh, dinner's coming and we're going to have this great steak for dinner. Uh, or uh, we have chili or, or for breakfast we have, um, uh, what is it, um, sausage gravy. Uh, yeah. So w- one of those things. And you look forward to kind of not only the fact of the taste of the food, it's an opportunity to build that camaraderie. We're cooking together. We're eating together. It's one time where uh, in the fire service, everybody is on the same accord. I often say you see people on the same accord in the firehouse or in the fire department on box alarms and at the dinner table. Right. So mm-hmm. I think food is a great is a great unifier. So what, what we try to show is not that we're just trying to create a healthier you, but a healthier fire service in terms of the relationships and things of that nature. So I think people are interested in the fact of even why, what what compels you to take your own money and, and feed firefighters. But my prayer, even in feeding firefighters during that time while I was using my own money, was that, you know, God will make food on the soul self-sustainable. And I knew um, that I wouldn't continue to be able to work overtime. I have a wife and two kids. And um, since that day of that prayer, I have not taken another dollar out of my pocket, except for what I give to food on the stove on a regular basis as my donation to the organization. So I think what people are seeing is that uh, that we're genuine about our message, but not only that we're willing to share a message, we're willing to break bread with you and um, make sure that you have those tools and resources that you need. Even to the point where, and I hope I'm not overstepping, because um, in the last five years, so many amazing things have, have happened. Uh, during the pandemic, uh, when it was difficult, I'm not sure. I'm sure it probably happened in Wisconsin too. It was difficult, difficult to get two things: toilet paper and protein. For some reason, everybody <laughs> was hoarding. Yeah. So yeah. grocery stores put limitations on the amount of food you can buy because people were hoarding it. Um, and so when you went to the grocery store, you can only buy two packs of yep. chicken, two packs of steak, um, two packs of toilet paper. But how do you feed a firehouse of 15 people if you can only buy two packs? Because these grocery stores put in place that you can only ring up two packs of chicken. And what we found was that we saw the greatest sign of brother and sisterhood during that time where firefighters were bringing food from their own homes 
to feed one another, right? And while I think that's a great show of um, the family, um, the 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 brotherhood and sisterhood that exists within the fire service, we are the boots on the ground here. And I think that's no way that firefighters should have to operate um, working during a pandemic and being on the front line. So what we did is we partnered with 28 different restaurants and we fed firefighters every day for a year and a half, right? We partnered with everybody from Ruth Chris who donated 400 steaks, a friend of mine who owns a burger restaurant here in DC, Eat Burgs, he gave us 400 hamburgers, Chick-fil-A. And at that moment, uh, it wasn't so much about um, our health and wellness message. It was about meeting the immediate need. And when people see that it's not about pushing your agenda so much, but you actually care about um, what matters to them as well, uh, I think they're more they're, they're more willing to open up to you. And uh, that's what we found, that people are willing to kind of embrace food on the stove because what we stand for, and we stand for them. I'm an advocate for firefighters. That's wonderful. What a great story about everybody coming together for the fire service, even though like the Ruth's Chris restaurant and, you know, supporting. And that's such, it's so fascinating. I hadn't thought about that connection with COVID and, you know, limiting the number of, you know, the protein items that you could purchase. So that's a really smart way to manage that. Um, I was just thinking about something you said a few minutes ago about, you know, food being the reward essentially it's or the best highlight of the day so with food on the stove is one of the things that you talk to firefighters about sort of the mental aspect of it and how to kind of reframe nutrition and health around the kitchen table indeed indeed um we don't walk into a firehouse telling them what they can and can't eat but we do try to talk to them about um we, well, we, we want to add the healthier things to their diet, right? Um, I think you'll lose the fire service and the firefighters are a unique population of people, right? You're running into a building that everything and everybody is running out of. So your mind works a little bit differently and you can't just tell a firefighter what to do and what not to do because they're going to shut you down immediately. So uh, one of the things we want to do is uh, approach them from a, a very holistic standpoint um, not saying, hey, take this out of your diet or take this. We believe everything is okay in moderation. So what we're trying to do is get you to see food differently. So from a mental aspect, food is fuel, right? right? One of the questions that I often ask firefighters is, if I gave you the keys to my Lamborghini, which I don't have a Lamborghini, by the way, but if I did give you the keys to my Lamborghini um, and said, hey, you can keep it for today, um, you just have to fill it up. What type of fuel would you put in it? And the response that we often get is, um, you know, 93 octane. I'm going to put the best fuel I can in it. And I asked them why. And they say, we, well, I wanted to run properly and I don't want it to break down. And it's a high performance vehicle. And you hear all these different things of why they'll put the best fuel in my um, Lamborghini. So my next response to them is, well, why don't we treat our bodies the same way? Would you agree as a firefighter that you're a high performance vehicle called to um, run at any given moment, go from a resting heart rate to um, very active from 60 beats per minute to 140 beats per minute in less than 10 seconds just because you've been scared out of your sleep? Um, and then getting to them to see food as actual fuel. Our bodies are designed to take the nutrients and the vitamins from food and eliminate the waste. Part of the issue that we're having is that 
Um, we're eating a lot of food, but we're not getting enough fiber in our diet and things of that nature. We're keeping the nutrients, but we're not eliminating the waste. And that's where you see a lot of disease caused. So you kind of think of it like a, a trash can. If you threw your food in the trash can today, um, a banana or your chicken bones, uh, what will happen to it? It will begin to rot, decay. It will begin to smell um, and things of that nature. It will spoil. And what, what we find is that our bodies are doing the same thing. We take in the nutrients, but we don't eliminate the waste. And it's just sitting there in our guts, in the trash can per se, and it needs to be taken out. So how can we add these healthier things, these um, these things rich in fiber to help us eliminate that waste so that disease doesn't begin to set in in our bodies? So just getting them to see food differently as fuel, but also getting to see themselves differently, yeah. themselves, right? The firefighters are athletes. We like to call them not your ordinary athlete, right? So we want you to see yourself differently. Um, one of the things we often say is that um, football players wear helmets, but so do we. Basketball players wear uniforms, so do we. Hockey players wear protective gear, so do we. But the difference between us and them is that they're playing the game and we're not, yeah. right? So they know when game day is, we is, and we have to always be ready to perform. But part of that is with those professional athletes and we're professional firefighters that they have all the nutri nu uh, nutritionists at hand and they have um, personal trainers and things of that nature to teach them the right way. And Food on the Stove wants to be that for firefighters. We want to make sure that they have all the resources, all the information that they need, but we also want to make sure that they see themselves as those professional athletes that um, have to perform at, on any given day. Yeah, that's so you, a great analogy. And I think it's also a great analogy to say we need to think of our bodies as Lamborghinis and not garbage cans. Yeah, I'm more like a I'm more like a Chevy Tahoe or a, or a small pickup <laughs> truck, I guess. But, you know, there, there's different sizes of whatever automobile you're thinking. I'm actually more like a I'm probably more like a Fiat. And, you know, Jonathan's bigger. He's, he's more like a, a Tahoe. But, you know, you mentioned <laughs> you mentioned fire or uh, fiber and um you know, in the firehouse, you know, a lot of, a lot of members in the fire service, we don't eat a lot of fiber. I think it's changing. I think, you know, programs like yours, yours and, and your message, I think it's being received. Uh, but what else, what are your other top tips that you, you, um, you know, if you go into a firehouse or somebody's listening, they're like, okay, fiber, meaning, you know, more leafy, uh, vegetables, more vegetables in general, whole grains are great for fiber, but what else you got? Like, what other things do you really see that stand out that we can make immediate uh, impact by changing a couple more things. What what do you have there? Oh well, one of the things we always tell them is that because um, firefighters don't have a um, problem working out, but one of the things you can't do is outwork a bad diet, right? So we want you to make. I think small changes makes giant results. One of the things that you can do is hydrate yourself well. We want to tell you to drink more water. Lay off the sugary drinks. Just because you're thirsty doesn't mean that you have to drink things high in sugar, right? Because while it may quench your thirst, it's not necessarily hydrating your body. Yeah. So we want to yeah. make sure that you're putting the proper stuff in your body. So water is is paramount for firefighters, right? We exert a lot of energy. Um, sometimes you're, when you think you're hungry, your body is really telling you that it's thirsty. Uh, so you eat before you drink. But really, we need to make sure that we're hydrating ourselves well. Um, that's that's something simple. It's not saying walk around with a I see a lot of people walking around with a gallon jug and they got to conquer this big mountain. And that can seem like a lot. 
how, how about we just take a cup? How about we say today we're going to drink, I'm going to drink five cups of water. That's if you don't drink any water at all. Right, right. Say, you know what? Um, I'm going to drink water. One of the things I do is to trick myself. I like sweets, right? I like chocolate chip cookies like anybody else. I don't know anybody who doesn't like chocolate chip cookies. Um, but one of the things that I do if I don't want to eat chocolate chip cookies, I eat a piece of fruit. And your body, it kind of tricks my body, right? Your body is craves sugar, but it doesn't know what type of sugar or where the sugar is come from, coming from. So when I eat that mango or I eat that apple, now I've kind of, um, I've, you know, had my sugar fix and I've kind of done done that. And then when I go eat the cookie, it's not going to even taste the same. And nine times out of 10, I don't even want the cookie anymore because I've had sugar, but now it's the better sugar. It's the natural sugar. It's not the processed sugar. One of the other things that I do, I think is kind of simple. You know, oftentimes people use supplements, people use um, vitamins and things of that nature. I eat a salad every day. That's my pill. I look at that as my pill every day, right? Because most of the times we um, are, are fiber deficient. Like we don't get a lot of fiber in our diet. So if you don't eat apples or things with a, a leafy greens, uh, you won't uh, get a lot of fiber in your diet. So I say every day I'm going to eat a salad. Uh, and, and one of the things we've done from that is we developed a program called EMS. It stands for eat more salad. It's to deliver healthier salads to firehouses. They can order it through our app when we release it in the summertime. And it's really just us being that conduit of God's love for firefighters. We want to make sure that they're getting the right stuff. Uh, one of the things while salad is one of the healthiest things you can eat because it's vegetables in its rawest form. It's also the easiest thing to sabotage. Right. Because of the dressing. Yeah. Right. We put too much dressing on our salad. So we want to give you the dressing. We, I mean, we want to give you the salad and we want to give you the right amount of dressing. And we want to tell you the benefits of this salad. So a lot of things that what we do is not just going to be just information. Right. I don't believe in just giving you the information. We want to really engage with the firefighters and find out what their needs are, because sometimes it's deeper than just saying, oh, um, eat healthier. It's a lot deeper. It could be some mental challenges there. It can be I don't have time. I'm struggling with some things uh, and, and food. Uh, we have a unique relationship with food. We eat it when we're up. We eat it when we're down. We eat it when we celebrate. Um, and sometimes it could be one of those things that can fuel us to do great things, but it also can be a hindrance. So we want to get to know the firefighters. We don't just want to be a delivery service and drop food off, but we want to know what are your specific needs? Because maybe salad's not your thing, but maybe we can juice your greens. Maybe we can do something different and find out, uh, with each fight now, of course, we can't meet everybody's individual needs, but for the most part, we're gonna try. Yeah, we're gonna try. Well, and and you know the the theme here is getting better, right? We're 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 better every shift, better better every salad we can be today, or we could be better every sandwich, whatever it is. Better every serving <laughs> is what we'll we'll call right. this show. But I, that's really what your idea is. Look, nobody's gonna be perfect. We're not telling you to be perfect. We're telling you take steps to uh, hydrate, to eat more fiber, to have a salad. Right. And you know how firefighters are. Somebody's, you know, right now in a firehouse, probably putting chocolate syrup on a salad. Be like, I'll make this up. But you know what? Hey, that's a step in the right direction. Right. Um, and you're laughing because, you know, that there's probably somebody's probably done that. Yeah. Probably, right. Um, yeah. yeah. And that's exactly right. Like, talk about being better and better. And, um, you know, and, and so you started food on the stove to start this educational message and to start bringing these healthy meals into uh the firehouses around the DC area, where are you currently? Now you took it from you donating yourself out of your own pocket, buying meals to where where's food on the stove right now, man. Um, we've grown 
in a in a great way. I, I remember driving my car around, delivering to firehouses, putting miles on my car. And now we're at the point where we have a our first delivery van we've had for a little over a year now. Um, so we use that. It's equipped with a refrigerator to keep everything fresh. Um, we developed the app last year. Well, first, even before we get to the app, one of the unique things that I think we did uh, is that we did a study with six DC firefighters where we gave them three meals a day for 30 days oh, yeah. to see how food would affect their bodies over the course of that 30 days. Um, and what we found was that during that study, everybody lost anywhere from three to 20 pounds. Blood pressure levels dropped, A1C levels dropped. But the most significant finding was that everybody's cholesterol dropped by 50 points just in 30 wow. days. Wow. And what we did was we focused on increasing their leafy green intake via salads every day and portion control. Oftentimes in the firehouse, as I said, we look forward to our meals. So we fill our plates up because we're hungry. We've been running all day. Um, so we focused on portion control. They eat, ate a lot of the same things they normally eat at the firehouse. Uh, they ate whole wheat spaghetti. They ate um, steak. They ate pastas. They ate um, sometimes we had cauliflower, shrimp fried rice and things of that nature. But a lot of good food, but definitely a salad every day. Um, so we saw them make um, great leaps in their health. Right. And we want them to be able to something that they can maintain. That's why we didn't so much pull away the things that they normally eat. But we added that salad every day. And they were able to have great results in that. Um, after that, we started our app, which we tested in the Alexandria Fire Department. As I shared, I started a program called Farm the Firehouse, in which every $10 we raise, it goes to the protein, produce, and packaging of the meal. Um, I shared that with Amazon Web Services. They paid for the development of our app because we wanted to expand that. We said, how can we scale this across the country? Um, so that every fire department can take part in this. And the way we, I kind of saw that happening was creating the app. That app allowed us to upload the staffing of every firehouse in that particular jurisdiction into our app. We knew the um, staffing of each firehouse because it, gave, it was given to us by the health and safety division. So we, um, we delivered based off of that staffing and we buffered for an extra three meals okay. um, in case for a door watcher, overtime body, or somebody just sitting around the firehouse you know, not enjoying their retirement, just coming back and seeing the, <laughs> yeah. the um, so we we tested that in Alexandria Fire Department and uh it went great. We got about an 80% participation rate every week. We had three recipes on our app to start off. So they had the option of ordering Peruvian chicken, which came with a spicy green jalapeno sauce that our chefs made up. We made the marinade for them, packaged it gave them the chicken and everything portioned out for them. And they all they had to do was follow our instructions on the app to prepare it. So we had that. We had a flank steak salad um, where they each had four ounces of steak along with cucumbers and fresh green spring mix and uh, cherry tomatoes and all these things. Everything was under 700 calories. Um, and we also taught them about dressing, how to dress the salad. And we also had a fresh made house made salmon burger, which was made from the scraps, uh, scraps of salmon. Um, it was, wasn't frozen. It was packaged up so that they can make it uh, with a brioche bun, lettuce, tomatoes, came with a side of sweet potatoes, um, and they loved it. Uh, so it's us really just putting healthier meals on firehouse tables. Now these are in certain he healthier recipes into the firehouse that they now can take home to their families. Mm -hmm. And we won't see the same things being made over and over and over again. And we'll begin to add new recipes to this app 
And now they have a plethora of new recipes that they can use in the files. One of the things that I like to think about in terms of how the file service works is that, you know, you learn a lot when you come on to the fire department, especially if you're a younger member. Uh, one of the things I learned, I grew up in a smaller house in Northeast DC um, and I didn't know how to mop. So in my house, we had a sponge mop because the floors were, it wasn't that much space. So it wasn't yeah. any need for one of those mop. with a handle, right? The, like the you squeeze, you pull it up and you squeeze it out. You put it in a bucket, you squeeze out and you push forward. Yep. So when I got to the training academy, um, I was mopping going forward and they were like, what are you doing? And I was like, I'm mopping. I'm pushing the mop forward. They was like, no, you're going over your own work. You mop backwards. And I was like, you know what? I never know, knew that. So now I know how to mop. I don't know if I ever need that skill because I don't mop at home, but at least I know how to mop now. Right. And I say that to say that when younger members come on to the fire service, you learn a lot. You learn different things. And one of the things that you learn is how to cook because we all have to cook in the firehouse. But if my technician cook sausage gravy every morning and I'm learning how to cook from him. What am I going to make for the next 20 years? Same, same thing, right? Sausage gravy, yeah. right? So how do we change the culture of health and wellness in the fire service? I often say that the fire service doesn't have a health and wellness problem. We have a culture problem, right? That needs to be fixed. And um, I think those little changes by teaching them how to make healthier things. Now, the next 20 years, they're coming in eating oatmeal and with strawberries and blueberries and things of that nature. They're eating salads for lunch. Um, not saying they're taking away sausage gravy. That's fine. But when, you're, when your heart depends so much on your heart operating properly, you have to be more mindful about what you put in your body because yeah. you don't have the luxury of sitting at a desk every day, right? You're on the go 24-7. And uh, we need to make sure that we're fueling, fueling our bodies properly for that. So one of the things we want to do is we want to change the culture. And we saw that app as a way to uh, to do that. Now, one of the ways we see um, that being self-sustainable is that I don't believe firefighters should pay for food while they're at work. That's just my personal opinion. One of the biggest misconceptions is that firefighters' meals are funded by tax dollars. Yeah, it's not at all. Um, but we know that's far from the truth. We chip in every day and we buy our own meals. But that oftentimes leads us to buying the cheapest thing possible to make it affordable for everybody to eat. Um, because if we worked in the private sector and your job sent you away for 24 hours, they would give you a per diem. Yeah. But because we're birthed out of the volunteer system or volunteer firefighters, um, when they were able to get a um, get salary, a salary for that, I don't, I'm sure they didn't take into account that where we're paying for our food. We're also the only government entity that cleans our own buildings. Right. Every other government uh, entity or agency. They have cleaners come in like I'm at the uh, at a government building now and uh, they'll have cleaners coming in here in a minute, dumping the trash out. Yeah. But what do we do? Firefighters, we dump our own trash. We, we, we got to clean. We got to clean. We got to mop what you're talking about. You got to learn how to yeah. mop. Yeah, I we even we right. like at our firehouse, we even have to shovel our own like um, aprons and drive and everything, you know, yeah. which we, I, we do all that. I, I'm we like, do it all. yeah, like, yeah, the, every other entity, like you walked out, like the, the bike paths are plowed, but the firehouses, we got to do it ourselves. You know, that's a whole nother. But, but you know what, you know what, Aaron, we, that, that's what makes us who we are, right? That's yes. why we call it a firehouse because we actually spend a lot of time there. We have a lot of pride in that. It's our house. And that's what makes us, it's our house. It makes us unique. So we don't want people to come in there and clean it, but we do, we are saying that, there's a luxury in other government agencies that don't exist in ours, yep. right? Yeah. Other people don't work 24-7. We do work for 24 hours. So our goal is to be 
you know, to, to help supplement those costs of those meals in a firehouse. And I say that to say one of the ways we see that being self-sustainable is by taking unused or underutilized firehouses around the country and turning them into retail spaces so that every dollar that's spent in that retail space helps fund our program. So if that firehouse, which um, is a staple in the community used to help the community and serve them for their emergency, now we want to repurpose those that have been shut down and use them for the emergency that are for firefighters. And that's heart disease and cancer and things of that nature. So we are looking at a few firehouses here in Washington, D.C., where we want to show the concept of that. And we believe if that firehouse and we get the support of the community, if they know that, oh, I can buy my coffee from here and a dollar for my coffee goes to putting a healthier meal on firehouse tables, I'm led to believe that the community will rally behind that because they love firefighters and EMS personnel. And they want to help us serve those who serve us. So if that market or retail space generates a million dollars, now we can give every firehouse a stipend or allowance to order from our app. And we'll just deduct it from there. They can order. Our app has three components. We have a, a grocery uh, component. We have our farm to firehouse component, which is our meal kit delivery. And then we have our EMS component. So if they're uh, at the firehouse and they say, hey, we're going to do salads for the day. They can order their salads and we'll deliver them to the firehouse. And that can all be done because the community has rallied around them and really just um, patronized this place, uh, this, this food resource center that we have. One of the other things that I think it can be used for is exactly what I mentioned earlier, like a COVID response. We don't know when the next pandemic is on the horizon. Um, and I don't think we were prepared to take care of the public, but we weren't prepared to take care of ourselves. So at that moment, that place can be used to make sure that we're getting the people who are working on the front lines all that they need to continue to serve the public. And did you say when the app is going to be available for everyone? I may have missed that. Um, so it'll go through testing through iOS and Android. We used a, a platform called Test Flight to test it. Um, those particular platforms, iOS and Android, want to make sure that you have a fully functioning uh, app, especially iOS. So we've gone through some testing. We learned a lot through our testing phase, and now we're tightening up the loose ends, and we should be looking at a release date sometime in July or August. And That's is great. that for just the East Coast right now or, or in your area? That's just, for, that's just for the East Coast right now. One of the things we want to kind of start looking at for our departments for is seeing if we can partner with them, see if we can talk to them about, do they have any vacant firehouses, right? Because we have to fund the program some way, right? And we wanna be a part of community. We don't just wanna come to your fire department and say, hey, uh, this is what you're gonna do and this is new. We we understand that we wanna be, we need to be a part. Though I'm a firefighter, that doesn't necessarily make me a part of your community, right? I'm part of the fire service community, but we wanna be a part of your community and your culture and help shape that. So we don't want to just throw food at you. We want to be there to find out what you need and also partner with those local vendors and those local farms, whatever it is in your jurisdiction that we can partner with. So we want to start looking at um, uh, uh, unused firehouses in different jurisdictions so that we can work alongside their government and work alongside their fire department to, uh, to you know, activate these spaces. What can you tell us about International Firefighters Weekends? Not just day, but weekends. Thank you so much for asking for that. So this is something new that we're, we're trying out, and I think it's going to go over very well. Um, one of the things I've been extremely fortunate to be invited 
uh, to different round tables, which I'm sitting at next to Aaron all the time. Um, and we get a chance. <laughs> we have a lot of up. fun, man. It's it's been great. Yeah, we man. have a lot of fun, and um, I've been very fortunate to meet people like yourselves um, and go to these conferences and even be a speaker um, at some of these conferences. And uh, I'm super grateful for that. But one of the things I notice oftentimes those places that we go are in Florida and they're very progressive in terms of health and safety. And I don't see the Washington DC metropolitan area um, very heavily represented in those spaces, but I feel like we have a lot to offer the fire service. We have a huge department here in DC. We also have some neighboring jurisdictions who are very knowledgeable about the fire service and have a lot to offer the fire service. So I decided that instead of just doing International Firefighters Day, firefighters deserve a whole weekend. How about that? So we change international. We're not changing. We like to say we're expanding International Firefighters Day to International Firefighters Weekend. And our goal is to make this an annual conference. So this year is the first inaugural International Firefighters Weekend here in Washington, D.C. And we planned a series of events going on from May 4th through May 7th. Um, and on Thursday, which is actually International Firefighters Day, we have a seminar. The goal is to have workshops every day in the future and do different events at night. Um, so Thursday is our kickoff day. Um, it's International Firefighters Day. We'll be doing a seminar. We have a lineup of great speakers. We have Chief Mark Bayshore, who is a retired chief of Prince George's County, who has just been a great supporter of Food on the Stove. He has shared his platform with me I'm grateful for our relationship. So when I called Chief Bayshore, he said, look, anything that I could do for you, he's actually going, uh, has another um, event that he needs to go to, but he said he'll stop through and definitely speak to our guests that day. And people like him validate the work that we do, right? So I'm grateful for him as well. We have Chief Tony Kelleher, um, who is the Deputy Fire Chief of the Training Division here in DC. We have, um, uh, my board member, Chief Tony Carroll, who is a deputy in Louisa County, who is a retired DC fire chief, uh, battalion fire chief here, and a host of other speakers that will be speaking that day. Megan Lotz from Fairfax County, who does a great job with nutrition. Uh, we have Sheena Satum teaching a, a, a portion about uh, home bias for first responders, which I believe is important. Um, if we can get you to afford homes in your community and tell you about all the programs that exist. Um, so yeah, so we're excited, super excited about that. And then we have a, a happy hour going on after that, just for people to celebrate and the public to celebrate with, along with firefighters Friday is a very unique thing that we're doing. We're doing a midnight run, right? A midnight 5k It's called one run after midnight. And that's to bring awareness to sleep deprivation in the fire service. As you know, we call our dispatch calls runs. So to stand in solidarity with firefighters all around the country, we're having a community take their own run, right? Um, depending on how much, how many runs you take after midnight determines how much sleep you're going to get, right? So this is to bring awareness to sleep deprivation in the fire service. The community is going to rally around firefighters and we're going to do our own midnight run. Now, while we can't stop the call volume, this is a way for us to partner with different companies and to be, you know, a, another way for us to give. So if there's a pillow company or a bedding company or something like that, that is willing to give to firefighters, this is just another way for us to connect to them, right? Um, we also can share with the public how to utilize 911. We know oftentimes we can't dictate what an emergency is. It's not my job to tell what an emergency is to a particular person, but there are reasons to use 911. If we can educate the public that there are other resources that you can call, maybe 311 or 
um, a gas company or something of that nature. If you smell gas, you always want to call 911. But we really want to educate the public that in case of emergency, always call 911. But if you can stop and think about it and we know of some other resources, maybe we don't tie up emergency vehicles on different things that where they can actually be able to serve um, the public and do their job properly. Um, and then on Saturday, we have our dress blue event. Of course, you know, we call our class A uniforms dress blues here in D.C. and in other jurisdictions. So out of that event, it's a blue cocktail style event. You don't have to wear your class A uniform. It's just a blue themed event. So we call it a blue tie, blue dress event. We want um, people to wear every shade of blue that they can think of. I think it makes for a beautiful event. So it's a cocktail style event where we have open bar and past hors d'oeuvres, past appetizers. And now we're having moderated discussions around stories in the fire service. So this is Food on the Stove's annual fundraiser, but I didn't want to make it solely about food on the stove. I think there are numerous stories within the fire service that needs to be told, that need to be told. Um, so I'm sharing about food on the stove that day. We have a panel of women sharing their story about women in the fire service and their experience in a male dominated occupation and how they've been able to navigate that and ascend to the rank of assistant fire chiefs and captains and, and chiefs and things of that nature. Um, and then we have a friend of mine, Joe Morgan, who was burned on 65% of his body. He's sharing his story alongside the wife of Anthony Phillips who died in that same fire. And what we wanna do out of that conversation is humanize the fire service so that people know when things like this happen, to firefighters and EMS personnel, that it's not just firefighters that's going through it, it's their families as well. And we want the, we want out of all these discussions, we want you to see that firefighters are people, right? That who are assets to the fire service. They're not firefighters, they are people who happen to be firefighters and they're bringing their gifts and talents into this service. So we wanna humanize that so people see that, oh wow, I didn't know they were struggling with mental health or heart disease or cancer and all these things exist amongst the population that we see as heroes and they are heroes, but how can we help them? How can we serve those who serve us every day? And food on the stove can be that conduit um, if you wanna give and give to the firefighters, gift to the firefighters or give to the firefighters. Yeah, and and so anybody listening, I think they're all kind of nodding their head and going, this guy is a genius, He's he's a, uh, he understands, and this is, and, and I'm, I, you know, the first time you and I met was at a conference. I don't know. We were at a round table probably four years ago. And I was like, you know, he gets it. He understands how to connect with people and, and also how to relay a message, buddy. And, and watching you grow this, even the last four years has been awesome. And, and, um, you know, you, you are doing some wonderful things for your community and for the fire service. And I wanted to tell this story because if people think, well, is this guy for real? I'll tell you a story about why Jonathan is for re real. We were walking down the streets of uh, Columbus, Ohio, and uh, with a big group of people. And all of a sudden, I look back, and Jonathan, I can't find I'm like, where did he go? And so I, I told the group, I said, just go on. I'll, I'll go back and, and try to find him. And I walk back, and you, I, I, hopefully you remember the story. You're talking to this gentleman in, uh, who was homeless, and there were a couple of people that were asking for money. And you looked at all of them. You said, look, I'm not going to give you any money, but I'll buy you a meal. And one gentleman said, "I thank you. And so I walk back and I find you. You're in this restaurant buying a meal for this gentleman and taking the time to ask him some questions. And, um, you know, and I, it just that's the type of person you are. And I, I have the utmost respect for what you're doing at, and who you are. And, you know, you haven't changed one bit, even though the program has grown leaps and bounds. And I uh hopefully we'll be there to support and help as you grow this to the next level, which I think um, anybody listening understands 
he understands the nutrition side of it, but also how to communicate it like we talked about. And so thank you for what you're doing, brother. I, I, I can't say that enough. And, and you are a very clever marketer also. And, uh, and just keep doing what you're doing. Um, we want to bring you back. What's that buddy? I'm humbled by that, man. That's, uh, it, I, I normally don't look at it like that, but uh, I'm just, I, I look at it as I, I'm extremely blessed. I'm just doing what God has called me to do. And, um, that I remember that situation. We were in Ohio. Yeah. Yeah. Um, at, at a round table. And, uh, that's something that I, I often do that people may not know about. I grew up very fortunate with my dad being in the fire service. And a lot of my friends weren't as fortunate as I was coming up. And it wasn't until he passed that, um, I realized how the pension system really works. And I think I shared this with you, Aaron, how his pension was cut in half. And uh, we went through a time where I wasn't able to get everything that I wanted. He was able to provide for my brother and I because um, I just didn't understand how finances worked in our household. Um, but I, I never went a day hungry. Right. And while I may not when people ask me for money, I may not give them money, but I will never deny a person a meal. And Whenever someone asks me for food, whether it's a McDonald's or a Ruth Chris right there or the most expensive restaurant, if it's a Ruth Chris, it's going to be your lucky day because that's where <laughs> we're going. I'm not going to hunt for the cheapest meal. I'm just going to buy buy you whatever you want because I, I've been blessed in that way that I have always been provided for. I've all, I haven't gone a day hungry, and I attribute that to um, my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So I'm grateful for uh, just God just providing for me. So he's blessed me to be a blessing. So anytime someone asks me for food, whether it's a firefighter or a homeless person, anybody for that matter, we're going to break bread together. Yep. And, and I, I was there and, and, and actually I, I have done the same thing now new a couple of times mm -hmm. because of you. And so, so again, thank you so much. And you know, you are an inspiration for us, but we want to do one more thing for you. We have this thing called the hot seat. We want to just ask some questions cool. about you. Now you talked about giving and giving and giving. And so let's, let's take a step back and ask some things. Now these are just, uh, a, a variety of questions. I always tell the joke that Janelle is, yeah, we're going to put you, Janelle's mom and my mom are our two favorite listeners. So they come up with a lot of these questions, but uh, Janelle's got some good Ooh, ones today. Go. I'm going to let her start it off. All right, Jonathan, I want to know your favorite firehouse meal to cook. Favorite firehouse meal to cook. Mm, I've cooked a couple of things in the firehouse. Um, I'm a big grill fanatic, but we don't usually use charcoal grills in the firehouse. It's normally smokers and things like that. Um, but jerk chicken, uh, I like steak on the grill. Uh, so we use gas grills. It doesn't give that charcoal flavor. But And then at one time, I made a really good shrimp and grits in the, in the firehouse. Nice. Shrimp and grits. All right. I'm going to, I'm going to, I haven't asked this question in a long time. If you, uh, you know, it's baseball season. Well, this is spring for us when we're doing this. It's baseball season. If you are, you know, when, when a baseball player gets, whether you're a pitcher or a, a batter, you get a walk-up song. What, what's a, what's one of your, what's a, what's a favorite walk-up tune that, that you would use? Mm, that's a good question. I listen to a lot of gospel music, but I can't put my uh, a finger on what song that would be. Uh, I'm trying to think of a, uh, a, a song, man, you caught me off guard. Man. I thought I was, I thought I was ready for this. I, uh, man, most of the time, I, I, you know, I find myself in the car listening to nothing to put my own thoughts. <laughs> and maybe, maybe, maybe that's where I come up with all these crazy ideas from. Because I don't, I don't, I really never listen to the radio. Huh. It's quiet in my car. Yeah. And I'm just thinking. 
and I can't even think of a song that I've listened to recently that that I could even say that would be my walk up song. We're gonna say it. it. We're gonna say that that's your walk up song. It's just silence. <laughs> How cool is that? Gonna, how cool would that be? You know, like that would take some people. Go wait a minute. What is he? He's, he's just. You know what? It would be. It would be the voice of the people. Yeah. There you go. Would, I love it. Would it. Be the voice of the people. That's that's what it would be. That's I would. A, I would love it. I want to hear people. That's the new one, Janelle. I like it. I like it. <laughs> All right, Jonathan. So, what is your favorite piece of advice to give new firefighters? Mm, favorite piece of advice. You know, oftentimes when I first came in, um, I often heard people say, leave the place better than it was when you came in. And I, I think that is, advice is, is great advice. But what does that look like? Right. Um, we, we say that. But what does it what does it look like to leave a place better? And I think one of the things that I like to think that I'm showing that food with food on the stove is that a title doesn't make you a leader. Right. I'm not a fire. Uh, I'm not a fire chief. I'm a firefighter. And if you see something, if you see a need, try your best to meet it. Um, don't wait till you get promoted to do it. You can lead from the back step. You can lead from the side of the truck. And when you see that there's a need, try to meet it. Um, and I think by that, by doing that, um, you can leave the place better than it was when you came in. And then and, and also. Uh, trust the vision that God has given you. If you have a vision, go for it. Don't don't um don't scale back. Be that leader that He's created you to be, and um start with what's in your hand. Like I started with those five meals. I didn't know we were going to be at fifty thousand meals at this point, but I started with what I had in my hand, and I was willing to take that step. I was willing to look foolish and go into a firehouse and do it, and now it doesn't look so foolish anymore. No, nope, not anymore. First they will laugh, then they will follow, right, brother? <laughs> so I got a I got a good one here. I think um I think I might stump you again. I'm not sure. So what do you think your dad would say about and, and think about your food on the stove? Oh my goodness. My father was my biggest cheerleader, man. Like I played basketball coming up, and uh I'm sure he's up there saying, That's my son. Look at my boy. Like he <laughs> um he he would be so excited. Um, I don't ever think my father probably believed I would be a firefighter. He never really pushed it on us. In fact, we weren't even able to watch backdraft in the house when it came out back in the day. And it was because he was saying I really lived it. So and back then they weren't wearing it. My dad joined the fire service in 1956. So there was no SCBA bottles. Um, they, that's when they say ships were made of wood and men were made of steel. Yeah. Um, so so he really lived that and it wasn't something that he glorified within the firehouse i think you know now we live in a day where you know people poke their chest out and say um yeah i'm a firefighter i did this and i did that it wasn't something that he glorified in the firehouse he wanted us to see him as a as a father as a man as a man in this community that helped out people than just seeing him as a firefighter now now granted i hear a lot of stories about my dad of being you know a great firefighter and a great leader but that's not who he was, right? He was a father. He was a husband. He was a lot more than just that. So um, I, I think he would be just, he would be shocked that I probably chose this path because he probably thought better for me. He thought maybe a doctor, maybe a lawyer. But what he's probably seeing now is that um, you can open up doors within the fire service if you see the need. So when I walked into the firehouse, I just didn't see an engine and a truck and an apparatus bay. I saw all this opportunity 
of of helping people. And that's just what my eyes went towards. I mean, I, and I think sometimes we can get in this place of tunnel vision of just seeing it for what it is. But if we just open our eyes up, I think that the, the fire service is a lot more than what we think it is and can be a lot more than we think it is. So I'm always trying to highlight that. And I think my father is probably giving me a round of applause for using my brain to, to, to try to make it better and also caring about people. So, cause he did. That's beautiful. That's perfect. That's perfect. You have anything else to ask? You have one more in the hopper there, Janelle? No, I just, I think that's such a, a beautiful way to think about it and wrap it up because your dad, I'm sure would be so proud of this and doctor lawyer. I mean, you've, you've got it. I mean, you're using what you've got in such an amazing way to change lives in a different way than doctors and lawyers, which is just, it's just amazing. Well, thank you so much. I appreciate that. I'm humbled by the, by the compliments. Well, and, and just keep doing what you're doing and where can people support food on the stove? Where do they need to go or how can they get in touch with you? Um, food on the stove.org. Uh, we have a ton of content on there. Um, we have a documentary on heart disease and the fire service that focuses on Lieutenant Kevin McRae, who is the hundredth member to die in the line of duty. Um, in DC Fire and EMS. So we have content and we show what we go inside the firehouses and do. You can find us on Instagram, Food on the Stove DC, on Twitter, Food on the Stove underscore, Facebook, Food on the Stove. Um, and reach out to us. We'll love to hear from you. We'll love to hear your ideas and uh, how we can potentially work together in different jurisdictions because I believe that I dream of a day where we will have firehouses all across the country and firehouses will, firefighters will come to work one day and They'll talk about um, not having to pay for food. And uh, when new guys come on, just like my, I'm sure my father's like, what's those SCBA bottles? Because they didn't have that <laughs> right? back then. I, I think the people now will be bragging about, I used to pay for my own food when I was a firefighter. Now y'all got it so good. Yeah. And I hope that we can do that. I hope Food on the Stove uh, is able to um, create help create policy and things around that to serve firefighters even more. Well, I, I think you're well on your way and there's a lot of fans I think that you're going to have and hopefully people reaching out to you. They can see you uh, on, on International Firefighter Weekend. Uh, that's also the same weekend as the National Fallen Firefighters Memorial, but it's close enough where you can do both. And, um, and yeah. hopefully in the future, that becomes one whole big East Coast kind of conference as this continues to grow. But thanks so much for being here, buddy. Um, you are an inspiration. I told everybody that you're going to learn a lot about inspiration. You're going to learn a lot about nutrition. Um, you can reach out to uh, Janelle and myself. Also, if you uh, want to get more information on food on the stove, we, we can also relay that through better every shift at firerescue1.com. If you would please rate and review the show. And if you're listening to this, remember you can watch this video version on YouTube or on firerescue1.com. But most importantly, and I think this is something that Jonathan also has stated, that you need to learn something, do something, and share something to make you and those around you better every shift. Thanks for listening, everybody. When safety is top priority, you need more than a radio. Meet the XL Extreme 400P, tailor-made to meet the most rigorous fire standards. This radio withstands blasts of heat up to 1,700 degrees and repeated three-meter drops. Built with material from both their space division and their tactical comms, this is one tough radio you're going to need. Schedule your demo today 
visit www.l3harris.com forward slash contact hyphen us.